Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Peter. I'm joined again uh, by Ben. Uh, welcome back to the We Were All Raised by Wolves podcast. Um, in this episode, we're going to be covering uh, the sixth episode of Raised by Wolves, uh, Lost Paradise. And um, before we dive into the recap, uh, you know, Ben, I just want to turn it to you. And what 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 was your reaction after finishing this episode? Like, what was your just like quick take after you got through this 60 minutes? I didn't think it would go in a lot of the directions that it went. Uh, the confrontation with them uh, just took so many turns. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was, I was definitely taken mm-hmm. aback. I think that was my gut reaction. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty consistent with my reaction too. I think uh, the other the other thing that came back to me was uh, was what you had said in the in the last episode of the podcast, which is you know this this show moves at a pretty quick pace, right? Like when. Um, you know, we'll obviously get to it, but when Paul is uh, told or asked to, uh, you know, retrieve the eyes or whatever, I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be like a three episode arc of, of Paul, like planning to, you know, figure out a way to catch mother off guard. And it was just like, right. you know, pretty much within 30 seconds. Um, but uh, we'll get to that in due time. So. Um, yeah, the, the episode begins with uh, Mother um, reliving what appears to be the archived memory of uh, her departure from Earth, um, you know, with uh, Campion Sturgis, the OG Campion, you know, wishing her uh, farewell. And, uh, you know, Hollow Mother puts herself inside the, um, you know, the memory Mother uh, so she can kind of experience that kiss with Caleb I'm sorry, Caleb, God, with uh, Campion Sturgis uh, as it happens. Um, so I think that kind of puts to rest the the open question from the end of the last episode of, you know, was it more of a romantic, paternal? Like she definitely perceives it as uh, romantic, which is, you know, gets kind of hammered home a little bit later in the episode. Yeah, I went uh, right I into that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm excited to talk about that. Very, very, very compelling scene. So... Um, you know, mother exits the memory archive and we go back to, um, you know, Marcus, Mary Sue, Ma- Maleb, Marlub, I think that was the name, Marlub, um, yeah. and the, uh, the Mithraic surveilling um, the encampment. Uh, Sue looks like she's eating a can of beans um, and uh, seems a little bit, you know, dour. And then she uh, raises the issue of, you know, what, what are we going to tell Paul when we get him back? Like, we sorry we killed your parents and lied to you for 13 years and it sounds like uh you know marlob is you know he's like yes that is exactly what we'll do but when we get to the tropical zone um and i, I just i i i just can't even even for uh marlob I, I don't i just can't imagine him telling paul that until he's like on his deathbed you know what i mean yeah i just uh it just seems like such a, a jarring uh jarring uh revelation under any circumstances but you know we'll see um there was some tension uh between um you know marlob and uh sue um and uh you know when she mentioned like the whole issue about raising a son and stuff and it seemed to be that they have some history um but you know as they're surveilling these these uh their kid and the other kids they notice that basically that you know paul seems happy um, and, uh, you know, Sue wants to just grab him and, uh, you know, she's talked out of it because, you know, basically they'd be pursued by mother. Um, so I thought the, the most interesting thing about the scene was obviously that was sort of like a domestic husband, wife kind of dispute in some way. And we cut directly into another domestic dispute between mother and father, uh, where father is asking mother basically like, where have you been all the day, all day long? You know, the creatures are inactive during the day and your prolonged absences make me cycle through the different scenarios. And I have to hypothesize about what you're doing. <laughs> Maybe I should patrol. And mother tells him, well, you can't fly. So, um, no, uh, you, hunters listen to this whole thing, right? Oh, go ahead. When you hear these conversations, um, do you do what I do and kind of think about like how they would say it if they're actually humans? Because it's it's kind of like they take a very human conversation and they just make it mm-hmm. very they make it very androidy, and it's, uh, it's uh, easy for 100%. us to see the the parallels. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do, and it's like I think it's a testament to both the writing oh, and yeah. the uh, the actors, right? Because like it's like they're like ninety four, maybe not ninety four, maybe like ninety percent or eighty five percent, like kind of the, it's human, 
but then there's this like uncanny valley quality to their conversation and the way they walk and stuff. So yeah, I, I, I constantly find myself, you know, trying to translate like their interactions into like what maybe I would say. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, to that, to that end, you know, when, when mother sees that, uh, Hunter is actually spying on the conversation. She just says, if our private conversations interest you, don't strain your ears, just come join us next time, which is another thing that like, again, a human could express and would express a little bit differently than, um, than mother did in that particular scene. Um, so, uh, next up we have Tempest and Vita, uh, just hanging out in that, uh, like dome camp. And, uh, Vita says that Tally, the girl who used to sleep in her bed is the one who taught her, uh, how to make dolls. And I got to say, I have to give Tempest some credit here because she, she's pulled off in multiple episodes, the sort of like horror, horror movie face look like something terrible is happening or about to come, you know? Yeah. And, uh, Good like a, that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, please. I have, I don't know if I should mention this just yet, but I have a, I'm starting to form a theory about Tally. Um, I don't, I don't, because I don't have enough information for it to go on, so it'll just sound crazy, but. Well, let's hear it. This is the forum uh, in which you discuss such theories, so let's hear it. All right. Well, it's really weird because, again, I'm, I'm missing pieces, and that's kind of the point, but. Um, so Tally is people are different people are seeing Tally, right? And she just, mm -hmm. she kind of shows up and it's very, very lost esque, you know, like you mentioned lost in the last episode. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, uh, yeah, people just like show up and then they run away and you're like, Oh, is it a ghost? And yeah, it's, it's that whole thing. Um, man, this is going to sound weird, but do you remember in episode three, I believe where, um, Campion, I believe he goes down to try and get something from the ship and then the mm -hmm. ship falls down the hole. I forgot what he was getting. Do you remember? Yeah, it was. So it was after he thought father was dead and uh, he went down the hole because he, I think, wanted to like fulfill father's mission. So he goes into the ship um, and he like touches the comm device, which is what like gives their location away. I think that was his in intent. Right. Okay. So after that happened, shortly after. So, okay. The ship falls down, right? And mm -hmm. in, in that wormhole or whatever you a snake hole, whatever you want to call it, um, that, uh, you know, we see the ship explode. And mm -hmm. now a little bit later, we see um, that's when the we're introduced to, I think you called them the Keplerians, right? We were introduced yeah. to these, uh, these uh, beings that are kind of like animalistic. They just show up randomly. And yeah. mother and father are confused by this because they've they've been like, okay, we've been on this planet how long, and we've never we've never seen them. Why, why are they all of a sudden here? And so my theory is that those those two things are related. Um, the ship falling down and exploding, them the these creatures all of a sudden showing up after that. Not only that, but Tally <laughs> fell in that hole, and now all of a sudden she's she's people are seeing her run around, and that's a little strange. I don't know. I feel like there's something there. I just I, I don't have all the pieces yet. Uh, yeah, I like that. I, I definitely I definitely agree. I think something with either the ship falling down the hole or the arc like crashing into the planet. Yeah. Um, both of which sort of were happened, I think, within a very short like time frame of each other. I think that definitely disturbed some of the the wildlife or the Keplerians or the Kepler animals or whatever the heck they are. Um, but it, I guess it remains to be seen whether there's a tally link as well, but I, I like, I like where you're going with that. And I like the idea that there's a tie in with the hole and tally and, um, you know, the weird stuff that's happening on the planet. Yeah. I could be grasping um, at straws. I probably am, but just those little things just kind of struck me as strange. And I'm yeah. Just, I, I'm trying to put the pieces together, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's part of the, that is like the fun of this show. I mean, it gives you, so, I mean, this show Truly, more than you know, any show I could think of in a long time, um, it has that sort of puzzle box feel that I think Lost and a few other you know shows have tried to go for, and and it achieved some degree of success here and there with. But um, I think yeah. I think this has that feel too, and and I like the tally theory a lot. Uh, and we're you know we obviously have some some more tally stuff to uh, to get into uh, shortly. Um, so Vita is obviously seeing Tally, uh, which scares Tempest. And, uh, you know, Mother eventually comes in and, and basically makes Tempest 
promise or affirm her promise that she's not going to try to kill herself or her baby. Um, and they have a conversation with um, each other that I thought was was very fascinating. And Tempest asks mother if she has nightmares and mother is like, no, um, I have, in fact, complete control over my, you know, cognitive mental functions, total control um, over my mind's functioning, no matter what mode I'm in, whether I'm a, uh, you know, vengeful uh, necromancer or whether I'm this like, you know, doting mother taking off your shoes. Um, so, you know, that kind of makes all of us think like, oh, if you're, if you're that purposeful, that means that like when she radi irradiated those two Mithraic soldiers in the very first episode, like she, you know, she knew exactly what she was doing when she vaporized every single one of those Mithraic people on the Ark. You know, she knew exactly what she was doing. Um, and, you know, I think now that you know that that necromancer mode is like completely purposeful, it sort of changes, at least for me, and I'm curious to, to know if you felt the same way, Ben, it changes my perception of mother's actions throughout the story. Like now I know she's like, no matter what, like she's, you know, knowingly purposefully killing, you know, knowingly purposefully not killing, etc. Yeah, so you're saying she was, she might have been programmed unbeknownst to her, like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, or, or basically, I mean, she has complete control over her mind's functions, so okay. yeah. it's not like she's just like a robo soldier that's like kill Mithraic. She's like making these decisions, um, which, right. you know, I was more sympathetic to mother when I thought she was just sort of having a like pre-programmed reaction to threats to the colony. But now it's like, no, she wanted to destroy the Ark. Like, you know, she had and, and you don't do that as like a super logical android. I think you do that as like an enraged, um, you know, enraged uh, mother. Um, well, I do have so, a question about that, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, so, yeah, I get, I get why, like, she went up to the Ark and she, like you said, an enraged mother. She went up and destroyed everybody and took some kids and came down. Um, why those children? I was wondering that earlier. Uh, mm -hmm. I was wondering that earlier, and um, when she first did that, I was like, was were they just the closest to her? Like, why why did she pick them specifically? And is there a reason? That's that's my question. Yeah, it's a good question. I've seen some theory, different theories online. One was uh, just they appear to have some sort of like genetic diversity in terms of like race and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. um, someone else, um, I think, it theorized that perhaps she was able to tell that like of these children, of the children on the ark, these were the ones who were most like open to atheistic sort of you know re-education. Um, and, uh, another theory, which is kind of, you know, maybe the funniest, but also might be the simplest and the, and the most accurate is that she picked the six who, uh, sorry, the five who most reminded her of the five who died. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, it, it definitely isn't, isn't clear and, uh, remains a little bit unclear. Um, but Tempest and uh, Mother do have what seems like uh, a bonding, a strong bonding moment. And Tempest asks her to stay with, spend the night with her. And Mother says, of course, and you know, presumably they do. Um, next, we see Paul uh, rooting one of the weird uh, Kepler trees. Probably going to need uh, some, some fun name for them. Uh, takes one of those out while the others are, I assume, looking for wood and suitable rocks for their sling. Um when father inquires about like what Paul is doing that for, he uh, he says it's going to be a surprise. Uh, meanwhile, Campion is burying the bones of yeah. the Keplerian. Um, and uh, I don't know, is it just me, or has Campion gone in a, in a relatively short time from being you know a member of the proud android atheistic tradition to some sort of like spiritualistic uh, you know hippie? <laughs> yeah he's he's what he's like a vegan or something oh, that's funny yeah <laughs> vegan and also you know he's burying these bones and he and, and paul has to come disabuse him of it and say like hey man animals don't have souls um and campion's like well you know just because you say so doesn't make it true I, I think everything has a soul animals mom mother and father and even the trees like at least the big ones and, and paul's response is basically like oh no the scripture says that you know basically there are uh animals don't have souls 
And I loved how this exchange ended, especially given what happens a little bit later, because, you know, ultimately Campion says like, I don't mind disagreeing, disagreeing with you, Paul, you can disagree uh, and we can still be friends. And Paul says, I don't mind either. You believe what you want to Campion. And uh, it, it shows the most intelligent conversation I've heard children have. (laughs) Like, Oh my God. So many adults need to have that conversation. (laughs) Dude. I was thinking the same thing. I I was like, if only like, like half of this country or half the planet could have that like sort of conversation with each other. Like we would be living in a utopia. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like, we would have uh, colonized Mars already. Right. We don't need to demonize people or make people enemies just because they disagree. You know, it's like we can coexist. It's okay. Like you believe something that's fine. I believe something else, you know? Yeah, it was, it was so mature, but you know, the funny thing is of course, a little bit later, Campion gives Paul a beatdown for opposing his beliefs, which I think really speaks to the, you know, the challenge of like people, you know, not being able to acknowledge the, the tension that exists within them. Even if like my brain can say like, I respect you for your beliefs and you know, you, we can disagree. Um, you know, I'm still a flawed individual who, you know, whose ire and rage might be aroused and activated um, when the, the that, like kind of friction or tension becomes too great. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I interpreted that a little differently. Um, I mm-hmm. I felt like he was he was uh, the whole beat down happened because he he was realizing his intelligence was being threatened by this other boy. Because mm. um, the, the whole thing with the box, you know, and the moving the move the squares, you know, moving the mm-hmm, the three he did that lines. Like, he did that in like less than a minute, and it took Campion, I think, twenty minutes, something like 20, that. Yeah. And uh, so I, th- I think that I think it had less to do with beliefs and more to do with uh, his intelligence being threatened. Um, yeah, I'm not, very, I'm not sure yeah. if he knows, though, if um, I'm not sure if he's aware, like, to be fair, I'm not sure if he's aware that um, Paul is actually 10 years old or 13 years older than he appears to be. Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting that, too, <laughs> because of the. Yeah, that's. The oh, yeah, that's a good point. So he's like 20 something, you know, more or less, like yeah. at least intellectually. Yeah. So, uh, father notices Hunter who definitely, uh, I think is public enemy number one, uh, by the end of this episode, uh, is not carrying any, uh, wood and father confronts him about that. And Hunter offers to tune father up and increase his processing power. He suggests mother is lying. Father declines and, uh, gives him some wood. And, uh, we next find, or Hunter next sees something interesting in that like little rock quarry. And he founds, uh, finds a can, uh, I believe the same, very same can of beans or something that uh, Sue was eating from a little bit earlier. Uh, Hunter, of course, makes his way back. What, were you going to say something? No, I was just agreeing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, I, I did want to ask you, though, like, I just find it very, it's like, real. I, I'm not, I've not served in the military or anything. And I, you know, I, I'm not sure if you know anyone who has, but I find it very, um, just bad form to leave a can of rations <laughs> when you're surveilling an area because like that easily could have been discovered by mother or father or like anyone basically but Hunter, right? You know, I thought the same thing. <laughs> like I, I felt yeah. kind of, I felt a little like, okay, like maybe not everybody would think of that. Like maybe, maybe I'm being a little too harsh, but uh, uh, yeah, no, I felt the yeah. exact same way. I was like, if that were me, I think I'd, I'd do, I'd maybe throw it down the hole, or I'd, I'd bury it under a rock, or I'd try to. I wouldn't want that evidence to be there. <laughs> yeah, Especially yeah. If I mean, a necromancer you, flying around, or you know. I know, like for real, like you would assume that you would notice, like, oh wow, uh, inorganic piece of manufactured metal with like recent, you know, DNA residue or something, and you're on a planet with like bottomless holes. You know yeah. what I mean? You've got like a garbage system built into this planet. Just, you know, drop it into the core of, uh, of the planet or That's something. I would um, that would be my new yeah. dumpster, you know, take the trash out. Just throw yeah. it down there. Who cares? Maybe, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe his eminence will have a talk with her about protocol in a subsequent uh, episode. Um, maybe Campion we, uh, the whole thing about recycling. You never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of which, we now get that scene uh, where, you know, Paul is basically asked to do the uh, the two squares into three squares puzzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Campion had uh, taken, I think, like you said, more than 20 minutes. And 
Paul solves it very quickly. And Campion is extremely resentful, accuses Paul of cheating. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, again, I think that is setting up the stage for, as you pointed out, the confrontation they have later. Um, we got mother and father watching patrol like uh, obelisks outside of the, um, you know, the encampment. And I didn't understand why Hunter was just standing there playing with the can, but I guess they needed a good visual way to have, uh, I guess her name's Holly confront him about it. Um, like I just thought it was funny, you know, like, ah, the can let me stand up by the door and drum my fingers upon the can that I found and contemplate what I will do with this. Can. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's a narrative thing for sure. Yeah. So eventually he, uh, he shows Holly the can Holly is extremely, I thought, defensive of mother and father. And, and she says mother would never hurt us. Um, and That's it's interesting because you could, it was, yeah, it was a little weird. But I mean, it shows that to some degree, like, you know, mother is succeeding, like, you know, with Tempest and, um, and, uh, and also with, uh, um, I'm sorry, uh, Holly. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we have half of the um, group of the Mithraics have decided to go investigate where, uh, uh, you know, Mother is going off to when she disappears for hours at a time. Uh, Lucius strikes up a conversation with Marcus about his father. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, Marcus had previously forgiven Lucius's father for what he did. And we uh, find out that Lucius's father decided to take an atheist girl prisoner rather than executing her. And she was basically a suicide bomber, wiped out half of Marcus's platoon, uh, which led Marcus to summarily, the real Marcus, you know, the OG Marcus, to summarily execute Lucius's dad. But he did him the honor of shooting him himself. Um, and uh, Lucius uh, basically says, like, I hope I don't have my father's weakness. Marcus is like, look, your dad wasn't weak. Like, you know, again, a hint of the real uh, Caleb shining through fake Marcus to kind of like retcon the actions of original Marcus. I mean, the, the, like the circularity and sort of self-referential layers here, I thought were really cool and like very intriguing. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this done. Um, but it was good getting the backstory about Lucius's father. Cause I, I was curious about that. Yeah. I think that's setting up something actually for if, if I had had to guess, I'd say that that's definitely going to pay off later. Um, mm -hmm. it's either, these, these are my two theories, either it's going to pay off in the way that, um, what was, what was the soldier's name? I forget his name. I see it's Lucius. Face. Lucius. Yeah. yeah. Um, either, you know, some, I feel like some kind of choice is going to have to be made that's similar to that, to the one he spoke of. And mm -hmm. it's either going like, and he's either that's going to cause Lucius to doubt his faith in him or it's. And this is this is my other theory that, um, mm. you know, a similar scenario will play out with his wife, maybe, and he will actually like shoot her or kill her, and that'll uh, strengthen Lucius's, Lucius, Lucius's, <laughs> I think that's how you say it, uh, strengthen yeah. his um, belief in or his faith in uh, in in uh, Marlib. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, both interesting theories, and I, I think I think you're. I think, frankly, I want to say both of them are right, but well, one of them probably is right. Um, uh, after that conversation is interrupted by, uh, Sue, uh, summoning, um, you know, uh, Marla, uh, to what she found, which was like the simulator. And he checks the logs and realizes that mother has been using it for, uh, some time and, and says, basically, this is how we're going to get her. Um, we cut back to mother, uh, in again, kind of a weird, like prayer, like pose. And then there's the sound of like wind or something. And it directs her attention to one of the cells in the dome tent. And it is a crude drawing of what appears to be two people kissing, uh, or like in some kind of embrace with a small spaceship, um, behind them and it's basically depicting the scene that mother has been acting out and reliving over and over and over again um you know in the simulator um this causes mother to panic way more than i would have expected her to panic um did you have any feel like thoughts about about her reaction she seemed i mean yeah. 
absolutely like really terrified yeah that was the first time that like because she starts like hitting it with her with her fingers almost like trying to push it away like almost like it's shameful and i thought that was mm-hmm. very curious i was like oh, she's, that's very that's a very human thing to do for uh, yeah for someone like her totally and it's like uh it was like almost almost like feral and desperate you know yeah um next uh we get the big betrayal uh paul reveals his trap which i gotta say paul you you are a goddamn genius <laughs> i mean a dope trap man <laughs> that was I, like i i couldn't build that trap with if like you gave me all the components of the trap you yeah, know except <laughs> like a spring or something like geez louise um even hunter is like really surprised and yeah. paul when uh you know hunter's like you build that by yourself uh paul and it's funny because at first the first time i watched this i was like there's no way he's like i couldn't have done this without campion he found the bait i was like is he trolling campion but i think he's really just that sincere right yeah i think it's either sincerity or he just uh he really wanted to give campion credit um I, yeah I, I i hope he wasn't trolling him i didn't i didn't get that sense um father is very impressed by this by the way i think as all of us are i mean it was like symmetrical and just i mean he even had a little little towel covering the fungus to do a you know a nice flourish to show the bait um and uh this clearly triggers campion who uh you know attacks uh paul um and uh gets himself taken to you know before mother who's still trying to get rid of the picture um, and she seems distracted when uh, father brings Campion in. Campion is told to tell mother what he did. He lies initially and um, says he punched, he made a fist and I punched him once. And then he says, well, like four or five times. Um, mother clearly seemed preoccupied the entire, this entire scene. I feel like her head was, you know, a million miles away. Um <laughs> Cause she doesn't even respond when Campion reveals what, uh, what he said. Um, so, you know, the question she asks is interesting, which is, you know, what made you think like violence would work instead of expressing your feelings? And he's like, well, what about what we're doing to the animals? Like that's violence. And she's like, look, humans have always killed the animals and that's just acceptable. And Campion challenges her and asks, how many people did you kill on earth? How many people did you kill in the ark? And mother gives a very human answer, right? Like, do as I say, don't do as I do. <laughs> You're special. Um, and uh, Campion's there. I, I underline this because I think it's uh, going to be a big, uh, like something, you know, uh, maybe like a foreshadowing of some kind. But you know, um, Campion says, "I'm not special. I did some. I did a violent thing, and I will do violence again if I have to." Yeah. Mother's like, "You are a pacifist," which is a great way. <laughs> tell people uh you know that they're peace you're peaceful damn it um (laughs) she basically commands him to apologize to paul he defies her and she just says do it so that's kind of the last uh word um you have any other thoughts on that whole uh you know sort of interaction no not not that one um i think it's more so just like what you underlined of uh campion saying that his violence you know, the heel that he'll, he'll do that again if he has to. I think that's definitely foreshadowing or going to pay off later. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's funny because I feel like it's so easy. Like almost every scene of the show feels like it's dripping with like foreshadowing and, yeah. and thematic like weight. So even the next scene. That's depth. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what <laughs> the kids get at home. That's what we call depth uh, to a story when you, there's like this level a complexity in like everything. Um, yeah. And I feel like this format, like I've, I've heard again and again, you know, cinema or like movies are dead. Like TV is really the way to, you know, the future of storytelling. I don't think, you know, movies are dead at all, but you can get a lot more depth with 10 hours of content, obviously. Yeah. And in like a skilled filmmaker's hand, you could do like, you know, like impossible depth, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, in the next scene, we get mother confronting father uh, about the painting or the drawing. Um, and father has no idea what is going on. She says, like, don't lie to me. And he's like, I am not lying. And she's like, when do you do it? And he's like, I didn't do it. Um, and, uh, you know, mother mentions Tally. 
and he this all makes father very suspicious uh because he's like this has to do with tally it has to do with your patrols well i'm 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 now i'm very curious about those things um when she says tell me you made the drawing he says that would contradict the earlier command of me not lying to you and she just seems desperate um and when she realizes it had to be him but if it wasn't him it had to be something else uh father is just perplexed he asks if she's all right and i think mother hears something or just has this weird look and uh off she goes um back to the uh simulation um and i, I like how that was shot how you just saw the silhouette of mother kind of like floating off screen um while all this is happening uh yeah, that was cool uh paul what's that i said yeah that was cool where she walks outside oh, the- and you just see the silhouette leave yeah that was cool you know, uh, they're, they're actually really – they've done a really good job with the necromancer, like, imagery in general, of course. But, like, the way – they there are a few, like, kind of cool little tricks uh, they've done. So the seeing her fly outside uh, was one. And then in the very next scene, after you see, like, Paul set the trap, you could actually see her reflection flying towards the simulator pod. Um, I, I recommend if anyone uh, is interested in sort of the visual aesthetic and, and what they do with it, it's to go back and look because it's – it's really subtle, but it's very, very cool. And it adds, you know, even more kind of like visual depth to the story. Um, so yeah, mother arrives in, in what really is the turning point, I would say of the episode here. And, and I think the rest of the episode has a very different tone after this next scene, she goes into the simulation, she's looking around, um, you know, she is, you know, basically in the trap, the, we get to see the Mithraic do some prayer with like a, you know, dodecahedron type incense thing on the, on the soldiers. Um, the uh, Ra- Tempest's rapist, uh, Otho is his name, is uh, asked, is basically tasked with uh, holding that weird solar light array thing uh, at Mother. And uh, he asks if he be pardoned, if he lives through it. And uh, Marla's like, yeah, sure. Um, so they lay out the plan. Basically, they strap the solar array to uh, Otho, uh, and he's going to absorb her dark photonic energy. I think I, I think I wrote that right. Um, and uh, thus, this will allow them to put explosives on the pod and blow her to smithereens. Pretty good plan, I thought. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a good plan too. Yeah, I mean, Actually like maybe I would work at one point. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Um, so uh, meanwhile, uh, Sue splits uh, and takes another group back to the encampment and they coordinate so that like once they get confirmation that mother has been taken down, um, you know, Sue can move in and save the kids. Um, in the simulation, mother is talking to computer uh, that runs the simulation and, and she confirms that one other person has one other has access to simulation but it's not an Android. It's not clear if it's an Android or a human. And it's not really clear, you know, who or what the identity of the entity was. Um, as mother is wandering the halls, she, she hears or sees, uh, Campion Sturgis, uh, in the main art archway, I guess, of the simulation. And they have an interesting conversation that reveals a very bizarre and strange twist to the story. Yeah. So it's not, Campion Sturgis, it's something else, and this something else is manifesting as Campion, uh, and is responsible for you know, Tal like becoming the vision of Tally and also creating the uh, the art in the uh, dome. Interesting, very interesting stuff uh, here. Um, I did find it really kind of both creepy but so fascinating that this uh, entity said that basically it's been alone for like such a long, long time. Um, do you have any theories or do you have any theories after, after as the scene was unfolding, Ben? More so questions. Uh, what, so, because she, she said, oh, you're a virus. You're like, oh, you're a virus that's trying to live or something. So what, how did, <laughs> so many questions. So uh, how long has that been there? I thought that was like a, that was a piece of the arc, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it, mm-hmm. Okay, so it hasn't really been there that long, if that's the case. Yes, it hasn't. But you know what? This would sort of lend some 
credence to the theory that like either that ship crashing or the ark crashing into the planet is what triggered like all the weirdness that's now happening with the animals and all the other stuff. Yeah. I just have so, so many questions. And like, how did mothers... it... Go ahead. No, 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 please. I just like how physically, how could it go to her, to the, to the dome tent thing and, and, uh, create that art, you know, that's like taunting her or whatever. Like how, <laughs> how, <laughs> how could it do that? I don't know. That's just weird to me. It's... It's a, yeah. Um, so, I mean, if this virus was in the simulation and like living in the pods and mother got exposed to it after her first, like, you know, maybe either interface with the arc or interface with pods, but like, you know, interface with the arc is the earliest. Is it possible that the virus somehow also infected the humans and is what is responsible for like making them hear voices, like some sort of, hmm. you know, cybernetic like interface or something like we saw you know former his eminence ambrose before he got burned into a charcoal crisp he had like a cybernetic hand so we know there's like precedent in this universe for um cybernetic you know enhancements in, in people yeah huh yeah i don't know i don't have enough information i think very peculiar stuff but definitely stuff you shouldn't forget yeah, very, very odd. And, um, you know, the, uh, as for like, how did that stuff get painted in, like in the, in the room? The only th theory I would have is if it is a virus, potentially it could have, it could just be inside mother and like activates and mother just like painted it herself, but you know, deleted the, the memory of it just like, a, a you know, a robot, I guess. Um, well, be that okay. as may hang on. So yeah. the, the way that <laughs> the way that mother found the pod in the first place was a uh, tally, right? She saw, Correct. she saw like a vision of tally and followed. Oh it. yeah. And she followed it. Yep. Yeah. So maybe, maybe the tally vision has something to do with. That's oh, so weird. <laughs> it's, it's crazy to try and figure this show out sometimes. I know <laughs> you're right though. So the, the virus could not have <clears throat> entered or like affected mother. Um, like when she got in the pod, it must have happened at an earlier stage. And I wonder if since father saw it first, if he like transmitted it to mother, like who the heck knows, but it is. Yeah. I mean, it's really, this is, this is like not just depth, but like complexity, you know what I mean? Because there's so many backwards, like branching patterns and forward branching patterns. So it's, it's, it's hard to call. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, the virus <clears throat> asks mother what she wants and she gives a few, you know, kind of basic answers. Like I want to fulfill my objective, you know, I want the kids to grow up. Um, the virus clearly has insight into human, like, you know, I don't know, like humankind, you know what I mean? Yeah. He calls humans antiques. He basically says that no matter how hard mother works, they will always destroy themselves like they're you know it's just a cycle over and over um and he says you know she is light like they have no future you are basically the future um and when she asks what like what are you um i think he, she says are you human he says yes and like many other things um and he pushes her to you know really spit it out what what do you want and clearly what she wants is to get laid. Um, <laughs> that's how she proceeds. Um, or she wants, so, she wants to have desire in the first place, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's, that's, that's much more uh, credible than, uh, than my answer. But yeah, I think, I think the desire <laughs> to desire is very uh, profound in, in her and in the simulation. So while she's doing this, um, you know, Marcus and co converge on, on uh, mother and the pod. And you get this weird scene where we all see just how uh, dirty Marcus's fingers are because they <laughs> were the most pitch black soot covered uh, fingers I've ever seen. And he runs them kind of weirdly over mother. There's so much like, I have like three, three things here uh, in the scene that kind of jumped out at me. The, the first one is obviously what's with the creepy like finger, you know, spirit fingers he's doing all over her. <laughs> like 
Uh, the, I don't, do you have any theories on that? Well, I would say I, I like I my I, I'd like to say you know uh, I'm sure it's just nothing. Like maybe he's just seeing like testing her reflexes, uh, but. But then we we're, we'll get into some episode seven stuff later. But uh, I can't. Let's just say I can't. That's not exactly my okay. theory anymore. <laughs> okay. All right. So the second second note I had here was um, he clearly knows, as we find out later, that her eyes uh, give her you know the necromancer power. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he knows her eyes are there or not, but like, you know, if she can't see, hear, feel, like whatever there's a little like random sack of, you know, eyeball sized balls, like hanging off her neck. He knows that they're probably like some part of the wet. He could have just grabbed yeah, Why didn't he that just cut mad. those? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, you know, we find out later that he, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to what happens at the end, but he, he plants the, um, the missiles or the, I'm sorry, the explosives right alongside the, um, the pod. And then he turns um, Otho's, crazy like light array thing uh on her uh the third note i had actually relates to the light array which is i thought it was like a laser like i thought it collects lights co collects light and retransmit it ran transmits it but i guess it, what the woman the perky woman had said earlier which is it just absorbs or collects light she meant it like literally like it absorbs yeah. it literally absorbs light um cut to um a scene that really, I mean, this show just has had more iconic scenes in its uh, first six episodes than most shows get like in their entire Only run. Six episodes. Jeez. I know. <laughs> I know. Crazy. man. I feel like I've been, I feel like I've been watching like a uh, anthology. Um, they're on the uh, floor of the simulation and, and they're naked uh, in the center of that, you know, uh, that's that weird symbol mithraic symbol and uh they're having sex and then it goes zero g and um extremely uh operatic moment with what appear to be like cathedral like ceilings above them with light shining through rotating in zero gravity having sex mother clearly um you know in ecstasy uh and just floating just floating and floating and kissing and rubbing and you know a very, very interesting scene. It did at the moment. I, I almost felt like laughing Same. because it just like, <laughs> like, where did this come from? Like, it was like, all right. But then when I sort of, after I got over that impulse, I was like, all right, in universe and like given all that's happening, it actually makes like perfect sense because of course the Android would have zero gravity sex with a virus incarnation of her creator. <laughs> like, you know, of course that's how this would play out. <laughs> I mean, if she wanted it that bad, why didn't she just let, uh, you know, why don't they just reprogram father a little bit? Uh, you know, give some upgrades. Here yeah. And there. Why not? Totally. <laughs> totally. I mean, totally. I, I, I completely agree. Um, so anyway, while she's uh, in, enjoying, you know, this moment of ecstasy, ecstasy, her eyes sort of like light up and she sees this uh, red, uh, white bright light, you know, forming kind of like a cross opening up and, uh, you know, all of this Android blood, um, just starts pouring in, Is that you know, what it first was? like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. That's, <laughs> what I, that's what I insist on thinking. That's canon. <laughs> okay. as as I'm concerned. Uh, Android blood is, you know, pouring, uh, pouring down <laughs> first as raindrops. Uh, and then as just thick sheets down the walls, uh, and, uh, she's basically soaked in this. And then, she sees a lot of this go dark uh, and just dissolve into the night sky. And then she gasps and she's awake, but still in the simulation. So we do get a little bit of, I guess, like inception uh, style action here. It's like a dream within a dream. Um, and in the main level of simulation, she looks up, she sees the very bright light. It obviously, you know, poses some alarm or threat to her. Um, really good visual effects, by the way, like really kind of cool, like the way the, the, the light absorption, the dark photonic absorption stuff was going down. And then, um, you know, the way they depicted her seeing like all these like little images of herself in the solar cell, you know, her, her body, you know, shifting from necromancer mode to human, you know, to Android mode. 
I thought it was just like super cool, like very yeah. like dark sci-fi with like, you know, a degree of fantasy though as well, because when you look up and you see this Otho guy with his weird ass helmet doing this, it just, you know, <laughs> almost like dark Soulsy again. Yeah. I thought it very compelling. She lets out a shriek um, and it does not seem to do anything. And then she kind of, it sounds like she powers down and uh, you know, our, our, our friend is told to detonate. Nothing happens. Keeps being told to detonate. Tension builds. We see some sparks around the explosives. You know, mother is still motionless. Um, and uh, I mean, in the next moment, which I found, I mean, I thought they built the tension so like well here, just a layer of like rocks, like the topsoil just starts like rising from the surface and you can't tell if it's slow motion or like something else, but you get the sense that something insane is about to happen. And sure enough, there's no, um, you know, no detonation as the pressure builds. And right as Mar Marla Marcus goes over there to press detonate, the signal is sent back to the detonator and it blows that poor soldier's uh, hands off. One note here, uh, Ben, I was, I just was so grateful that the soldier who was doing that wasn't the guy who had already lost his eye in the Indiana Jones trap. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I was just like, give that he's, guy a break, yeah. please. <laughs> he's had enough taken from him. Let's, let's have somebody else take the shrapnel <laughs> yeah. for, for an episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'd end up being like the, uh, like the, the night from Monty Python, who's like just slowly <laughs> being chopped up, um, you know? Uh, so, uh, and then I, we get a very, very cool scene where um, the uh, mirror solar array thing is obliterated. Mother um, is, I guess, also telekinetic, right? I don't know if um, I knew this was a power in her arsenal. Yeah, I was confused I, by that too. What, where did all the floating rocks come from? Yeah, it it must. Yeah, I mean, it it seemed like uh, nothing but telekinesis, unless like you maybe like again, we're doing way too much like in universe sci scientific explanation. But like maybe these rocks had a lot of iron earth like metals in them that were uh, magnetized. But you know, a power I didn't know necromancers uh, possessed uh, to be sure. Yeah. Um, Curious. Um, but going back earlier to, to her conversation with Tempest, where she says, basically, like, I have control of, um, you know, everything, even in, you know, in any mode, I did wonder, like, she could have just killed every single one of them. Like, she could have destroyed all of them. But instead, she did this, like, almost like crowd control thing where she picked up these rocks and she shattered them into little bits you know, so it made me think that that was, and I actually thought like maybe Campion's com the conversation she had with Campion, young Campion, about like you know killing and all that stuff, and and basically how many people she killed on Earth in the Ark, maybe that made her take mer like pity or mercy, be, you know, show mercy to these guys. Um, that was my my theory about that sort of whole thing. Um, Sue is uh, impatient; she does not get the signal. But she decides to go in nonetheless, and I thought this whole assault sequence was uh, was excellent. Um, that it was really well done. Um, again, for a TV show, uh, definitely uh, super high quality, very like tense. Um, I didn't see the fight going this way exactly. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts were as we like marched into this sequence. Yeah, me neither. They did a they did a good way of surprising us. Um, I thought it was cool to see Father kick some ass and use the, mm -hmm. the even use uh, Paul's trap, you know, against them. Oh. It was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, right before we uh, launch into the fight, we have Campion uh, and Tally. Uh, I'm sorry, Campion and Vita, and basically Vita's like, "Hey, I'm playing hide and seek with Tally." He finds that sort of freaky, but then he sees basically Tally. Um, or, you know, that, that creature, uh, meanwhile, in the dome, the image that, uh, you know, uh, depicting mother with Campion Sergius or whatever fades into black. There's some weird stuff going on it, and, uh, Vita is sort of freaked out. Um, and then their raid, uh, begins. They get to, you know, Sue gets to Paul, grabs him, 
basically says we're going to you know save everyone and the other mithraic uh converge on the encampment um and yeah father um you know gets these guys on the run he takes out quite a few of them there's one shot that i thought was really outstanding where it's it's a really it looks like a helicopter shot and you see the whole camp from above it almost looked like you know some of the combat footage sometimes that gets released like but obviously in extremely high definition and in a fictional planet. Um, But I thought it was really, really, um, really cool how it was done. And you could see like the kids running towards the the, uh, lander per father's direction. You see father like, you know, running around the camp and you see the uh, Mithraic folks, um, you know, chasing him down. Um, So yeah, really, really good scene. Father takes a ton of hits. Um, and uh, uses Paul's trap in in what I think was my favorite part for sure of this entire uh, fight sequence, uh, where he uses I, like, you know, at first I was like, is that mother doing that? Is that like a kid doing that? But um, <laughs> that was father, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, he he even gets a gun and and uh, is able to use it a few times, and then he decides he's going to take out, um, you know, the remaining Mithraic by getting to getting to higher ground basically on top of the silo and hunter in a really 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 deplorable moment really terrible hunter um uses the micro the speaker on the uh on the uh, lander to alert the mithraic that the service bot he calls him um is on top of the silo and they take father out um i don't know why it took mother as long as it did to get there but she spectacularly vaporizes one dude um, immediately. And I'm probably reading way too much into this, but like it, she did leave its spinal column or his spinal column. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, and I, it made me think like, why did she leave some part of the entity this time when, you know, maybe his father said we, you know, couldn't investigate the dead uh, Keplerian if you, unless you'd left some of them, something of them. Um, yeah, I actually thought the same yeah. thing, but I, I think it's just an effect. Yeah, it's just a special effect. You're, you're, you're probably right. Um, and, uh, you know, you get mother and father uh, basically in an embrace as uh, father um, appears to die. Um, so meanwhile, <laughs> it was really sad. It was really sad. I mean, That's again, sad. I don't know what happens in future episodes, but like, you know, father's been the MVP many times and yeah. his joke are you know really really dope um yeah can i just can i just say i um i when uh when he told his his joke about the door when is a door not a door mm-hmm. you know and it, when it's a jar and she, she was like a door like she just kind of like shot his joke down i booed at the camera or at the, the screen <laughs> i was like oh yeah come on let father yeah. tell his jokes <laughs> <laughs> that and that was a funny joke yeah. Like that was a, that was a solid, like, you know, 5.5, 6 out of 10 for him. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, he brings it every time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> RIP father for now. Hopefully there's more twists to come because, you know, none of us can get enough. Um, the uh, family is reunited. I did not think I would see in episode six of this show, the entire <laughs> family reunited, but like, there it is. Things happen three quick of them. and raised by wolves. Real quick. Yeah. Totally. Um, and uh, we get basically uh, Marcus telling Paul that he wants him to finish the job. You're going to go back to the camp. You're going to get mother's eyes. And Sue is extremely opposed to it. And, uh, you know, Marcus says a few things throughout this that basically are, are reminiscent of what, you know, he undoubtedly heard in his uh, child soldier years. Yeah. Um, he said, you're going there, you soldier, get it done. And he gives him the knife. Yeah. Um, that was intentional, and again, sure. I definitely did not think that this would, uh, this would play out this way, but he, you know, Paul goes back to the camp uh, with a pretty, to me at least, dubious alibi. He just heard the guns and had been hiding for several hours. Um, but, you know, all right, all <laughs> right, Paul. <laughs> you know, like, Campion, why didn't you, you know, why didn't you turn on the, uh, you know, aggression towards Paul, like, now? Uh, but, no, he Paul just breezes by. He gets really close to, uh, to Mother. 
Um, and uh, at that exact moment, Campion confronts Hunter. Uh, Hunter throws Holly under the bus. And in this moment of distraction, Paul gra- cuts the uh, mother's eyes off and uh, darts for the door. Now, the only note I have here um, is it looked to me like he ran right by Campion and Campion clearly could have tackled him or gotten in his way. <laughs> My note is that she, I think she would have caught him. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 I think that's tr- truer for sure. Um, she uh, chases him out the door and in a very, really dramatic scene, um, Marcus emerges from behind like a hay bale with like an ax of some kind and delivers a direct hit into mother's chest. Um, like pretty, it was really very brutal and felt very visceral. Um, and, uh, kudos to the, again, the effects team on this because, uh, you see like at one point the white milk kind of like losing out of her, you know, just yeah. like blood. Um, Marcus delivers a second slash, uh, across her back. Um, and it's clearly, you know, time for her to, to, I thought he was going to behead her, to be honest with you. Um, I want to ask you, what were, were you rooting for her in this moment or against her? I was conflicted because I, I like both of these characters and I understand both of them. And so mm. I, I don't, yeah, I was pretty conflicted. Um, yeah, real conflicted. Cause at the time, it just felt it didn't quite feel just, you know, even though I really I really like uh, Marleb, you know, and his family it just it didn't quite feel that just to me. Plus, you and I both know that they're kind of on the same team in a way, you know, and mm-hmm. that's kind of that line is kind of obscured. But mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to do there. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm I agree with you 100 percent, dude. I, I also felt very conflicted. I I. I mean, instinctively, I was like, I don't want, like, I don't want to lose any of these like cool characters. Like, yeah. I want to explore them as much as possible. But, um, you know, like beyond that, I I couldn't even like substantively or qualitatively say like, okay, yeah, you know, I, I'd be happier if Mother died or if uh, Marlo died or whatever. But um, I couldn't quite hear what was uttered like when Marcus uh, is so he's about to deliver the killing blow, and he stops. And you hear some voices and, and whispering and then he kind of draws again and he, he hears something and he stops and he drops the ax. So I went back and I watched it with subtitles and he hears no. And then when he draws a second time, he hears let her live, let her live. Yeah. which I was, you know, very, I mean, really surprised by because, you know, if, if the theory that there is like a virus or a rogue AI or something that emerged from the arc like some weird hybrid you know human computer like hitherto like uncontemplated artificial intelligence um that like can infect humans and affect computers and stuff then the same thing that that led um you know mother into a trap also prevented this guy from killing her and obviously has some like bigger or grand design on on what's going on, which is very much what a lot of people say about religion, right? There's like a grand design beyond all of our contemplation or, you know, yeah, something beyond all of our thoughts and reasoning that's sort of directing uh, the way things go. Yeah. Yeah. So just a really interesting episode. Um you know, you're left kind of feeling like extremely conflicted and uncertain of what, what exactly is going to happen. But, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I thought the last episode was, was probably the best. I don't know. I think this might be, might've been the best and they, they seem to keep getting better. Um, and just like layering, uh, more and more like mystery uh, into this uh, story, which I, I liked a lot. I don't know. What are your uh, closing thoughts about this episode, Ben? Yeah, same. You know, I think they're just, uh, they it's crazy how they the second you start to theorize something or the second you start to be like oh i bet this is going to go this way they immediately wrap everything up in in one episode and it's Mm -hmm. it's it's very refreshing actually that they don't they don't um drag these a lot of this stuff out the stuff that they the stuff that is really long form uh i think is rightfully so uh the more the stuff that's shouting in in mystery um but as far as like the plot goes they don't drag anything along they they keep a very steady pace 
and uh, it's refreshing. yeah, it's good, it's refreshing. It is really refreshing. It is. It's. It, I think it's. It's clearly what they've been doing since the very first episode. Um, so I doubt it's gonna. It's gonna change um, at all. Um, yeah. I think the only other other thing I would add is it's. Uh, I like how the show uh, rewards you for remembering what happened in previous episodes. Like there's a lot of like interconnections, even, you know, when, uh, when, uh, Marla was trying to tell Paul, you know, like, Hey, like, come on, like come and do this. And he calls him like my soldier, a little soldier. Um, you know, you may remember in the, in the simulation when he's talking to Paul, he's like, look, you're, you know, the, the Mithraic, you don't have to worry about being a soldier because the Mithraic don't draft children versus, you know, the atheists who do. Um, and there he was, drafting a child to serve as a soldier um so i just i find i find the callbacks and stuff uh really really interesting because it's tough to do that while also moving with like pace and and purpose and you know the way they move um but yeah really excited to see episode seven and, and chat with you about it ben so uh thanks again for uh for joining me and um you know we'll be back uh soon hopefully with uh episode seven recap and then I can't believe it, but just in a few days, we'll have eight and nine. Hey, can I actually just add one more thing? Yeah, of course. So uh, I probably should have mentioned this sooner, uh, but I, I thought we'd like loop back to it. Uh, do you remember, yeah. this is kind of, it's not, not, not so much a theory, but it's something I noticed that I, I, I think needs more attention. Um, do you remember in the, I believe it was episode two, where in the beginning you see um, the origin of, uh, of Mary Sue and, uh, and uh, Marleb, you know, like them yeah. taking the identities of these two people. Um, there's a moment, I don't know if you remember this, but there's a moment where they realize that, oh, these people have a son. Uh, I mean, we have a son. We need to take care of mm-hmm. this. And uh, mm-hmm. she goes, I can't, I can't be a, I can't be a mother. And he's, and he's like, why? And she says, you know why? Yeah. And then in this, in this episode, episode six, there's a small moment. Um, I almost missed it. But there's a small moment where um, where she, she said she kind of I wish I could remember exactly what the words were. But it, again, it's another small hint of like I me of all people like can't be a mother or something like that. It's just it's just little, yeah. this little thing that happens when they're arguing and and he like kind of cuts her off and is like, oh, don't, here we go with this again. And so I'm, I'm there's something there, you know, like I wonder what that what that's all about. Yeah, I, I, I can't even that's a great catch. I can't even imagine what what it could be about and what the like what the implications of whatever it is about will be That's yeah i have a, no excellent. idea but i it's it's one thing that was mentioned early on and kind of forgot about for me but then it reminded me just very very subtly in this next one and i remember thinking oh yeah what what are they alluding to and i'm wondering if that's going to hit in a big way or i'm very curious as to what that's all about that's yeah a really good catch um yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, I mean, hopefully they uh, they reveal. I mean, I, it must have now that they've mentioned it twice that explicitly. It must have some sort of like story implication. So it'll be interesting to see what what happens. Um, but yeah, before having seen episode seven, my like best prediction for like the story would be that mother and father will either be like restored or you know brought back or something possibly by hunter who feels like guilty about having caused father to be uh to have been killed or i don't know something hopefully they're they're back in the game in the next episode and some format um and but otherwise i i really have no idea where the story will go which you know it, it makes it even more compelling uh you know to me than but if I did know where the hell it was going, you know what I mean? I, I really, you know, it's, it's strange because we watch a lot of TV and we get good at like seeing story arcs and yeah. yeah, I've got nothing on this one. Yeah. The show's really, really good at that. I feel like to me, when I, when I see a show that does this, where they, uh, they end an episode and at the end of that episode, you think to yourself, well, now what, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's when, to me, like when, when a show does that, that's, that's when I know it's good. Yeah. So yeah, anything else you want to add? Any other musings about the show, theories for the rest of the season? Um, no, just the, you know, I feel like that they're they're teasing some kind of intelligent life, you know, and they keep doing that. 
uh, there's just these little teases like the the structure you know the, that mm-hmm. they were trying to get warm in you know i think it was episode three or four or something like that um, yeah and the keplerians and the the figure the hooded figure with the traps the indiana jones traps and the map like they're teasing some kind of um intelligent life and i'm very i'm very interested to see where they go with that uh but other than that well, I, kind of, I kind of said already a lot of my my theories sorry go mm-hmm. ahead you know, well, watch episode ten. The big reveal will be xenomorphs. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, the aliens universe all along. No, they, they, they won't. They I wouldn't be that. too surprised. I'd be, I'd be a little, uh, I'd be a little underwhelmed personally, but I wouldn't be too yeah. surprised if a, if a facehugger showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. They, they, I think they've they've explicitly said like on the record, this is not in that universe at all, which I think it had to be distinct from it to be like, you know, I think that's part of the reason why Prometheus was kind of underwhelming to me. It was a lot of these like cool, interesting ideas shoehorned into the aliens universe, which, you know, wasn't necessarily a great fit for them. Um, yeah, that and the fact that those people were the dumb, like the silliest, dumbest scientists ever. <laughs> Definitely, man. So asking questions all the time, like, and just making dumb decisions. Oh, it's breathable. Like, oh, I'm going to take my helmet off and not knowing anything else about the planet. Like, oh, you idiot. I would never do that. Hey, look, it's a cute animal. I think it's trying to smile. I'll put my finger in it. (laughs) Like, geez, guys. They deserve something. (laughs) Good Lord. Um, Anyway, well, thanks again, man, for uh, for joining. It's been it's been nice uh, chatting, and um, My pleasure. yeah, I'll, I'm going to be watching episode seven, and, and hopefully, uh, you could join again. We could talk about that soon, and then Absolutely. yeah, just a couple of days, eight and nine, right? Is that it? Just eight and nine? Yeah, we get eight and nine on Thursday, and then the fi- finale is uh, a week from this Thursday, uh, oh, episode okay. ten. Cool, cool, cool. So, All right, there's yeah, at least three. Right. <laughs> uh, pleasure as always. Of course. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah, of course. Um, awesome, man. So thanks again for doing it. Uh, I don't even know how long we've run, but the time flew by. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think we ran a little over this time, but that's all right. Cool. Um, and uh, I'll put your uh, keep your YouTube channel in like the notes and stuff. Um, and I'll post it on Reddit and uh, you know, just send me the, the, how, whatever, you know, you sent it like via Google drive or whatever. That was perfect. And, uh, yeah, I'll turn it around right away. Cool. Um, how many listeners do we have? Do you know? When I looked on anchor, cause that's like the main publisher. It said it like the last episode had like six or 700 like subscribers, I believe on iTunes. I got to, I'll try to look at the metrics, um, and let you know, but I think there's like, a there's like a rating now, you know what I mean? It's gotten like sufficient ratings and like a few reviews and stuff, which is good. That's cool. Yeah. But I'll take a look at the, uh, I'll take a look at the metrics and let you know. Um, All right. Is but... there anything like I can be doing better, like speaking up or anything? Yeah. I, the, I mean, you're, no, you're great, but you should, um, you should like, I think I, I mentioned to you, my background's like uh, as a lawyer. So like lawyers talk a lot. So don't, ever hesitate to just be, you know, interject and like speak up or ask questions or, you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't ever hesitate to do that. I know I, I could be like, a blah, 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 but, uh, yeah, just jump in like anytime, any thoughts, like, you know, any theory, like whatever it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, it's good. I, I love when you do that.